Move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere. And in case you missed it, we dropped a brand new stretching collection that can be used to improve mobility and bookend your favourite sweat sessions. Mamma Mia subscribers get unlimited access to Move and we drop new workouts every single week. If you're on the hunt for movement that makes you feel good, head to move.mamamia.com.au and use the code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. You're listening to a Mamma Mia podcast. From Mamma Mia, hi, I'm Claire Murphy. Welcome to The Quickie, getting you up to speed daily. What does your Facebook feed look like today? A little different from earlier in the week? Sure, you might be seeing chats from your mates, maybe a meme or two, even possibly some less factual theories on world events. But what happens if you click on any of the news sites you follow? I think Facebook's behaviour is reprehensible. And I say that unequivocally. Yes, yesterday, Facebook announced that they are banning all news articles from its site. And for many, it came as a big surprise. But actually, it's been right in front of our faces for months now. We just didn't realise it would end up like this. Today, we break down the government's media bargaining legislation and how it's ended up with Mark Zuckerberg pulling the pin on news in Australia. Mamma Mia subscribers, you've been asking and we've been listening. Now you can get all of your exclusive subscriber audio on Apple Podcasts. That includes everything from bonus episodes of your favourite pods to exclusive segments to all of our audio series. To link your Mamma Mia subscription to Apple Podcasts, open the Mamma Mia Out Loud page in your Apple Podcasts app and follow the prompts or head to help.mamamia.com.au. We need to start today's episode of The Quickie by saying that this news story does involve us here at Mamma Mia. We have also been restricted by Facebook and are no longer allowed to post any links to the stories we publish on our website, mamamia.com.au. As always, if you want to know what women are talking about today, go to our homepage, mamamia.com.au, and stay subscribed to our podcasts. Early Thursday morning, Australian Treasurer Josh Frydenberg was on the phone to the founder of Facebook, Mark Zuckerberg. The call came after Facebook pulled the ability of every Australian news source to post content. Frydenberg described the chat as cordial and constructive, the pair discussing their differing feelings about new legislation the Australian government had introduced that would force social media platforms to pay for news content, content that it otherwise gets for free legislation that the night before had passed the lower house. This legislation is important and it's our intention to pass it through the parliament. Both the media proprietors and the digital giants, I think, recognise that we have something that is workable here in Australia, something that we can take forward, something that can ensure a sustainable media landscape. Facebook's move has done more than stop your ability to see posts from companies like TV news channels and us here at Mamma Mia!, Its initial blanket ban also affected accounts like the Bureau of Meteorology, who are crucial in sharing advice to those living in bushfire, cyclone or flood-prone areas. It's even blocked posts from satire news sites, although they have since reinstated pages linked to government and those emergency services and weather sites. 
The media bargaining legislation is essentially an argument between the big tech companies behind sites like Facebook and Google and traditional media companies who pay the journalists to create the content that Facebook then shares for free. This is how Google's Australian Managing Director Mel Silver explains it. Imagine your friend asks for a coffee shop recommendation. So you tell them about a few nearby so they can go and choose one and go get a coffee. But then you get a bill to pay all the coffee shops simply because you mentioned a few of them. When you put a price on linking to certain information, you break the way that search engines work and you no longer have a free and open web. Facebook's Australian Managing Director, William Easton, released a statement saying the proposed law fundamentally misunderstands the relationship between our platform and publishers who use it to share news content. He went on to say that the legislation left them facing a stark choice, either attempt to comply with a law that ignores the realities of this relationship or stop allowing news content on our services here in Australia. With a heavy heart, he says, we are choosing the latter. The decision saw this response from our Communications Minister, Paul Fletcher. Facebook needs to think very carefully about what this means for its reputation and standing. They're effectively saying on our platform, any information from organisations which employ paid journalists, which have fact-checking processes, which have editorial policies, does not come from these reliable sources. Now, I would imagine that on quite sober reflection, they'll start to become quite troubled about what that would mean for how their platform is perceived. Google, on the other hand, had just the day before signed News Corp up to its list of traditional news companies alongside Seven West Media and Nine Entertainment, who will now receive what a News Corp spokesperson referred to as a significant amount for their content over the next three years. They are still in talks with the ABC for the same deal. Google and Facebook claim that they make no money from the content itself, which is true, but they do rake in a combined 81% of all online ad revenue here in Australia, which they get from people clicking on content like that. If this all seems like it came out of the blue, it didn't. For ages, Google's been posting a message on their site telling us that the government wanted to charge them for news content. Some of us read it, some didn't, but many didn't really understand what it all meant, so chose to ignore it. Dr Ty Nielsen is a lecturer in the Department of Media, Communications, Creative Arts, Language and Literature at Macquarie University. He's also the author of Journalism and Digital Labour Experiences of Online News Production. Ty, who's right and who's wrong here? Is big tech bullying the government or has our government made a poor decision? I think we're really at a crossroads for media policy. Something needs to change and the government at least is trying to do something about what's really become a duopoly with Facebook and Google and online markets. And in this case, it's Facebook who's being a bit of a bully or throwing a bit of a tantrum here. And that's potentially going to be a problem for Facebook, a company that already seems to be quite low in terms of public opinion about the platform. So this might be quite an issue for Facebook going ahead with such a drastic move. Now, we know on the other side of the fence there's Google and they have already struck a deal with some of the bigger media companies. But what impact does that have on the smaller news outlets? I mean, there's plenty of regional newspapers with small online presences across Australia. What impact does it have on them if they can't Ink a deal with Google? I think what Google's done here, and they've 
wavered between threats and then now making deals. They've tried to get a little ahead of the policy going through by making those big deals with News Corp and with Seven West. And that's good that they are ponying up some of that funding that can be used to produce Australian journalism. But the real big concern there is if these deals are only being struck with the big two or three news companies, then that does really leave those regional, local, smaller, and maybe startup news organizations out of the picture. And if the bargaining code that's going to be implemented is to be judged a success, it needs to do two things. It needs to be able to provide funding for journalism, but it also needs to have a place for those smaller news organizations at the table so that they can be a part of these agreements and that they're not locked out. So it's really important that that second consideration takes precedence as well for the government as they move forward that these moves by Google aren't successful in watering down that aspect of the code. What impact does this have societally? Because people can still go to these news websites and see the content that they're creating. They just can't get to it via Facebook. If people can still source the information that they need, is it such a big deal that they can't get to it through these platforms? Like it or not, Facebook has become a really important space for us to share, discuss, and sometimes argue about what's happening in the news. So it does change the way that we're going to be able to access news. It changes the way that we're going to be able to debate it as well. It's become something of a public sphere where a lot of us get some of our news and also enter into those types of discussions. So while there are a lot of negative aspects about Facebook as a platform, there are some good things about it as well. Otherwise, why would so many people sign up to it and and use it on a regular basis? And one of those things for a lot of people has been that it's an easy way to access what's going on in the news and also to take part in those types of discussions. Maybe it means that It will allow some room for other types of services to emerge that might do a better job of being a public sphere and of having those types of discussions. But it's a pretty drastic change in the short term. Like you said, we still have access to news organizations' websites. Some people still even subscribe to a paper and we can watch TV and we can listen to the radio and we can listen to shows like this. So we still have access to the news, but it takes an explicit decision to go out and access the news and to be able to join those debates as a democratic public. Now, Facebook says that news only makes up about 4% of its entire content on anyone's news feed. But with the absence of traditional news in that news feed, will it actually make a big difference to Facebook users? Will they even really notice that that is missing? We all use Facebook a little bit differently. And the way that Facebook algorithms work, they personalize the type of content that we receive. So some people are going to see a a massive change in terms of what they see their friends and co-workers and family sharing and other people aren't going to see as much of a big change. Now, there's the possibility that this means that Facebook moves towards a more intimate type of social sharing focus, and that could be a good thing in the long term. But I think in the short term, there are some real big concerns. One is that Facebook seems to be not just removing the big news organizations from their platform, but also 
removing a lot of government information as well as smaller and even satirical news sites. So there are real concerns about people who don't explicitly go out and try and find news that they might miss out on some really important information, you know, weather alerts and warnings and those kind of things. So that's a, an immediate concern in terms of what Facebook has removed from their platform. Is there also a threat of an increase in misleading news information? We're hearing that maybe those conspiracy theories that tend to do the rounds on platforms like Facebook might have more of a venue now. There's definitely a concern. This has been an ongoing concern with Facebook that in the past, at least, some of their algorithms have tended to actually promote fake news over more traditional or respected news outlets. And now with the total absence of those traditional news outlets on the site, that does open up some big questions about whether fake news or some of the hate speech and those kind of things just get free reign on the website without the intervention of, of uh, fact-check news. Ty, what's going to happen now? We're here, we're guns drawn, Facebook's fired their first volley of shots. Is Facebook going to be the first to flip or do you think the government will back down? Where's this going to go? There's been rumours both ways. And perhaps one way to see this quite drastic move from Facebook is that it may be a last-ditch effort. I mean, Google did try to threaten that they would take Australian news off of their search platform, but they eventually backed down from that. And that might be because Google's getting a little bit more traction in negotiations with the government. It's also likely because they've struck some of those big deals. Whereas Facebook, it seems, perhaps hasn't got what it wanted out of those negotiations, hasn't struck up those big deals. They've asked for a six-month moratorium to see if they can. So maybe this is a last-ditch effort from Facebook who's been caught sleeping here. I also wanted to say that a big issue here is that we've got this large multinational corporation that's basically a monopoly in its field which is trying to pressure a democratically elected government, whether you voted for them or not, they're democratically elected, who are working on the recommendations of their competition and consumer associations. So this is you know, a big company that's trying to push democratic representatives to make decisions based on its economic interests. So that's the question going forward is whether the government stands up for those recommendations that have made and the bill which has been agreed upon or whether it starts to water it down under this pressure. The world is watching very closely to see how this all plays out. While Australia is only a bit player in the big scheme of things, we're essentially a test case for other countries like Canada, the US, UK and even the EU who are exploring similar legislation. Facebook, though, doesn't want governments to tell them what to do. In return, they're showing the world just how quickly and fiercely they can react. But will messing with democracy damage their reputation further and see them suffer in the long run? This episode of The Quickie was produced by Siobhan Moran-McFarlane and myself, Claire Murphy, with audio production by Ian Camilleri.
Hi, my name is Claire Stevens, and I'm the editor-in-chief of mummamia.com.au. I run the editorial team who cover everything, from news to opinion to health to reality TV, basically everything that makes up the fabric of women's lives. For 12 years, Mamma Mia has represented what women are actually talking about. Our biggest power is that we're candid and authentic, so right now, we're doing just that. Facebook has banned Australian publishers and users from viewing and sharing news. You can read an explainer on mamamia.com.au about why this is happening and what it means. You won't find Mamma Mia's content in your feed. But in the meantime, we're still here, doing what we've always done at Mamma Mia. You can sign up to our newsletters at mamamia.com.au slash newsletters or visit our homepage at mamamia.com.au. That's M-A-M-A-M-I-A dot com dot A-U. We won't be changing a thing. Mamma Mia acknowledges the traditional owners of the land we have recorded this podcast on, the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. We pay our respects to their elders, past and present, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures.